You're listening to Knee Deep with Ultra Nightmare, the official podcast about games, movies, comics, and everything that influences Ultra Nightmare. Here are your hosts, Patrick Fields and Davey Perron. We, we are, are Ultra Nightmare. All right, so we decided that we're going to talk about fandom. Nothing better than when you spend all the time adjusting the volumes and then someone moves the mic. Why do you get to move it closer to your face? I don't Because I set my volume correctly. Oh, okay. I'm going to stab you with knives. All right. So. <laughs> uh, it's going to work out great. It's just gonna us making jokes to each other. It's going to be just us slowly saying things to just jeopardize our jobs, I think. Yeah. Are we recording right now? Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, we're going to talk about fandom. 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 Okay. So it occurred to me that I think we occupy an interesting perspective in fandom where we are in a band that centers our entire identity around fandom. This is true. We're chock full of references in and pop so, culture. But what I wonder is, like, is it substantial? Like, is what we do valuable in what sense like if you're a fan of say doom or warhammer is there inherent value with what we do or is this just kind of like capitalizing on something i think it's only capitalizing when it doesn't seem genuine when you're a fan when you're actually a fan of a thing and you want to make a song about it because you like it and stuff then mm-hmm. yeah it adds value to it because it's like sometimes i'll be in the mood to I don't know, like, there's not like, we like the Punisher. Yeah. I don't think there's a lot of Punisher songs, but sometimes I want to listen to a song that would be like. Uh, I think the whole the, Sons of Anarchy soundtrack was. Yeah, basically, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, any type <laughs> of uh, music video set to the Punisher that has Seether in it. Sometimes <laughs> I want to listen to Seether because, you know, the Punisher probably listens to Seether. What a strange overlap between that and Zach Gowan's theme. Like, why are those. I don't remember it, it, Zach Gowan's name. It was such a specific it, thing to it was, remember. It was done by it's the least memorable thing about <laughs> but it. But like 2003, if you're a Zach Gowan Punisher fan, you better like always get. Is it out of my way? Yes. Oh, yeah. That's terrific. That's <laughs> awesome. That's yeah. What yeah. was it? No, because see, no, who Drowning Pool, which yeah. is like also yeah. Seether. Yeah. Um, step up. <laughs> Which is, you can just mash those songs together. And it's like no difference. Okay, that, that's the post grunge thing where it's like, I am determined to do a thing and nothing you do will stop me mm. in accomplishing that goal. And I really like Ruthless Aggression. <laughs> WWE. WWE, yeah. But I like that on the, on the topic of like, is what we do valuable? Like, I would agree with you. If, if we were just making a song called doom guy yeah and it just was was touching on the the surface level tangent details of it about doom i would agree that that would probably be less that would be not a good representation of true fandom that's just like it's like a cash grab kind of thing yeah and like i think there's a lot of that that can kind of happen in different industries like i think of like I don't know, you'll see someone making art of something that they have no interest in whatsoever, and it's just so they can capitalize on, yeah. like, it's this like, is popular right now. It's like uh, taking a show that's based off some type of established franchise or story or whatever, and then you take it and uh, you change everything about it because you think that your views are better than the person who wrote it, even though it's literally set in fantasy, you know, like The Rings of Power. Mm-hmm. Or most stuff like that. I don't like I don't watch Doctor Who, but apparently they did something like that where it's like there's like the original doctor who's been he's like, that's that's the original doctor for like sixty years. Mm. And then they just changed it where it's like, Yeah, so you know all that shit? Yeah, fuck that. Now it's this person. Why? Yeah, because mm. I felt like doing that. I felt like just kinda like fucking up the lore for no reason. So it's like when there's when there's an ulterior motive into it where it's like I, I have a narrative or I have a viewpoint or I want to make money and I'm going to piggyback onto this thing because people like this because of that particular reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's extremely disingenuous. That pisses people off where it's like we're making entire albums about Warhammer because we like Warhammer. Mm-hmm. It's 
Yeah. It's but, a passion project. Yeah. And I think like when you're trying to, to, I think it can be really easy if you're trying to write new material for a series. Like if you're, if you're, if you're inheriting something like rings of power, like that is new material, right? It's based off of old the Tolkien stuff, but it's, it's yeah. new material. It's uh, well, yeah, my, my point is going to be that like, it's, you're inevitably going to do something that might corrupt lore as soon as you introduce ideas that weren't in the original story. And so like in a situation like that, you might be shackled by trying to be so subservient to the lore that you don't actually write anything new. It's like, if you're trying to write a new fist of the North star episode, I don't know if it's smarter to try to put Kenjiro into like, to try to change the story or just, do you just write the same thing over and over and over? Don't worry, it's not Kenjiro because everything's always Kenjiro. Well, no, I mean like, uh, except at one time where it wasn't like, if you are writing a new episode, a new season of fist of the North star, yeah, Fists, fans of Fist of the North Star just endured 155 episodes of the same. What? Yeah. And it doesn't get old. It, it, it doesn't. It does. I sat through all of it and it nah, gets very old. No, it doesn't. But regardless, I sat through it all. So, like, I don't know. That one time that punch didn't work. Well, yeah. I also think about that. Like, the one time <laughs> he got his ass kicked or the two times he got his ass kicked, it's like, oh, shit. That's like actual, like, progression in the plot right Where now. Where is he right now? Oh, this place is dangerous. And, it, and the corruption of the canon didn't squander my enjoyment of it yeah but it's not fist of the north star is not of the same caliber of franchise or whatever as something like lord of the rings star wars or yeah. warhammer fist of the north star doesn't have like the depth it's like you know what that's there for like this guy's gonna walk around in the desert yeah. healing and punching people it, it it is it violates its own canon in the same season yeah it does. sometimes and it's like the whole thing with tolkien though in like the tolkien verse it's like mm-hmm. it's so there's so much it's like such dense lore can easily rival something like Star Wars or Warhammer to the point mm-hmm. where it's like there's people in colleges who are professors of like knowing about Tolkien stuff. Mm-hmm. The same exact thing with the whole thing with Star Wars where it's like, oh, we're starting with a fresh, clean slate, even mm-hmm. though we have like 40, 50 years of lore and all that stuff. And it's like, so we're going to take all this stuff and just be like, yeah, fuck that. We're going to we're going to change things up because me, a person who doesn't actually care about this stuff, I want to make it so it's something that I care about. You're not making it for the fans. You're making it for money, and you're, I don't know, you're, I can understand wanting to include people into the stuff, but I don't think that should be the primary concern. I don't think that should be the primary focus, because if you're making stuff for the fans of that particular franchise, they should be the primary focus. And then you can also make it so it's a thing where other people like it too. Because it's like, what's the point of changing something that, like, you already have like a dedicated fan base. Why would you change so much about it just to make other people like it? Well, then at the same time, you're making it so the original fan base doesn't like it. Mm-hmm. So it's like, uh, yeah. Are there any examples of series that have navigated those waters like successfully? And I think of something like, I mean, Dread, Dread is an obvious one to pull up as an example of like the 1995 Judge Dread movie. <laughs> Is probably more accurate to the world of Judge Dredd. It is, yeah. But when it comes to the character of Judge Dredd and just the way that's all going, that got Stallonized. Yeah. Um, and it like it got very much hijacked away from what like the setting's all there, but the 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 feeling isn't. Yeah. For but the, the people but, who don't know what that means, Dredd never takes off his helmet. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. in the two thousand uh, twenty twenty twelve Dredd film with Carl Urban. Yeah. Like in that movie, they're doing different ideas with the lore of they're yeah. making it far more grounded. They're not leaning into all the crazy wackiness of, the, of the Betty night. Boop gang. Yeah, boop, exactly. Boop, boop, boop. Like yeah. That, I'm sure there's probably, there's probably references in there. Like Texas yeah. City, USSR <laughs> City. Like, you're just taking everything, things and add yeah, city. just a city or a block. Yeah, I like that. It's like Mega City One, Texas City. Like there's no yep. two. Mm, nope. Um, but like that's an example where like the changes they made to the lore of that quote unquote. Um, they've roped in probably so many new fans. I mean, even though it was not exactly like a, a booming success of a movie, but yeah, it roped in someone like me who had vague familiarity with Dread. That put me over the edge to be really invested in Dread. I like their approach because they went with the this is a day in the life of Dread because it's like he's going in, it's just like he's relatively unfazed until it's like, okay, now you have my interest. There's definitely yeah. some fuckery about, but it's like this, it's a very lived in world. Yeah, it's very established. Like you can watch that and like 
you can understand kind of like how things work. Yeah, I've seen it probably like seven or eight times by this point. I pick up new details every time, yeah. especially in the uh, the 4K release of it. It's like, yeah, if you go watch that, I don't think you've seen that version of it. I have not seen that version. Really, no, no. Everything's just like you see so much more detail than I could in like all the DVD and Blu-ray releases. The slow-mo scenes must look spectacular. They do. But um, like back on the point of like, if you're tasked with, okay, we need to create three more episodes of Star Wars and... Yeah, like if you change too much of the lore, you'll alienate the current fans. But it is also like your job with these new pieces isn't necessarily just to reward the fans. It's also to grow the audience. So my response to that, though, is you can it it doesn't make sense to be like we don't have anything because there's already sequels to the movies Uh in the books fully fleshed out and then there's like a thing where basically like they have like these the i don't remember what they're called but they're like i can't say they're like necrons but like they are they're a problem they're like some type of super space zombie race that come out from like another part of the galaxy and like everyone has to join forces where like okay this is really bad Mm -hmm. because every single star wars story it's the sith and the jedi and they hate each other blah 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 and that's it where it's like these guys were such a problem like okay we need to work together so like you can say like oh we did this fresh and original thing but they didn't do that because like they also still they cherry picked certain shit that they Uh thought would work like kylo ren kylo ren is jason solo i believe that's what is the character's name is Uh it's basically a poorly written version of that character. Yeah, and yeah, then, it's, it's Ben Solo in the movies. Yeah, yeah. So like, they uh, I think it's Jason Solo. Yeah, the same, it's the like it's the movie. same exact thing. Or like how they portrayed Luke Skywalker, where he was just like this jaded old man who's just like I don't know for, for like comedic effect and mm. stuff. Like there's like he's like throwing away the lightsaber and shit. Like he is such a problem in mm-hmm. the later lore. Like as in like a good way, where it's yeah. like he is like grandmaster. Like you can't fuck with him. Mm. So. They have all like this well-written lore and it's just like, if you want to be lazy, cause they are lazy at the end of the day when it comes to writing shit, you want to be lazy, just take what's already written and then just adapt it. Yeah. Boom. You got, you like, you don't have to do anything. No, you'd rather take something that you don't like and then you just sloppily throw it together, throw in some jokes. Oh, look, this is the thing that's going to be a toy. Look at this rolling thing. Look at this dog bird thing i don't remember what it is i mean i love all that stuff because it's adorable yeah but it's like look at this thing buy it baby yoda buy it Mm -hmm. so it's like i like the mandalorian but it's like you take all this you just take all this shit there's like there's there's so much stuff to the lore like because then you can get into the actual history of the mandalorians like mandalore the ultimate like the actual mandalorians were at once a race um you could talk more about like the hut family more about the Wookiees. Um, I was talking to someone about how Mace Windu has a brother who's as powerful as a force wielder as Anakin, and he just didn't use lightsaber and stuff. He was just like Killmonger, basically. He was like super Killmonger. Um, then you go into like, there's like outer uh, outer rim galaxy shit where there's like a, I think there's like a, like a space spider that like just eats force wielder. There's yeah. or there you got the, I think it's, Avalon? But is any of that invalidated by doing something different? It's invalidated when you take the... So that's all like extended universe. It was all canon. Mm -hmm. That's the thing. It was all canon. So then when they got rid of it, they decanonized all of it. Mm -hmm. But then the thing that kind of messes that up, we're like, okay, clean slate. But then they'll reference stuff from the old lore saying that this is canon, but it's not canon. Like, uh, they name-dropped uh, Revan, Darth Revan, from the Knights of the Old Republic. Right. I never played the games, but I know about the character. I'm one of those guys. Um, and it's like, they name-dropped one of the fleet. It's like, oh, this is the, the Revan fleet. Mm. So it's like, okay, cool. So that's a thing. You're saying this is canon. Like, by, by just saying this person's name, all the lore that comes with that character, you're saying that's canon. Mm. So, like, you don't even know what you're doing. Yeah, but, like... In, in that specific scenario, like... It's but, lazy. I, I agree. It's probably sloppily done because you're invalidating other parts of it. And, and you're, you're like you said, they're, they're cherry-picking what parts that they think people are going to like. And they're trying to make a, a weird product out of it. Yeah. They're changing things arbitrarily, probably for more of just, 
we don't want to explain this because then it's all of a sudden we got to make five movies that are dedicated to the space spider. And it's like, but at the same time, it's like they'll eat between each movie. They'll write a novel yeah. in between each movie mm-hmm. trying to, uh, I'm trying to think of the word like damage control where yep. they're like trying to fix everything. So like when they're like, Oh yeah, uh, Palpatine's back. Whoa, wait, what? Yeah. He's just back. Shut up. That, yep. Then also, uh, raise his granddaughter. It's like they never ever explain that, or yeah. they don't like go into it. But then they'll have a book talking about like, oh, he's a clone, and all this stuff. And I'm like, okay, cool. So like hindsight's twenty twenty. You're gonna write it like that. Yeah. You're gonna be like, yeah, this is the best movie ever. Okay, now that you guys don't like it, this is what we really meant to say. Or you could just be a skilled director and just convey all that, and actually just make a good story. Or you could be a good company that like cares about the lore. But I mean, whatever. But you have like one director where it's like, okay, I don't know what to do with this. So I'm going to remake episode four. Uh-huh. Everyone was kind of behind it. And it was like, all right, cool. I like this. I like where you're going with this. All right. So we're going to get this one guy who's a completely different director. And like, I'm going to kind of remake Emperor Strikes Back because everyone liked Emperor, uh, uh, Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. And then they also like kill off a bunch of stuff like uh, Snoke. They were going yeah. a direction with that. Oh, never mind. Fuck that. Kill him. I'm like, wait. There was, we were going to go somewhere with that. Nope, never mind. He's dead now. Yeah. So I, it's like, oh, okay. Also, Luke's, Luke might be dead. We actually you know, kind of just phased out with the, with the Force. So, so I mean, on the subject of canon, though, like, think about in, I mean, just in Warhammer alone, the different smattering of authors are going to completely yeah. interpret everything differently, where, where it's like, you'll hear that in some books that a Primarch is just this. He's a blur on the battlefield. You can't even see him. He's so fast. But then... Yeah. You got like Conrad Kurz is hiding in the vents of some ship somewhere. I, a nine foot to ten foot giant, just like he's, he's always, away. And he's always perching. He's <laughs> always perching. He's like twelve feet tall. Uh, yeah, there's a thing where like a lesson in darkness, where he's like he's just perched on a I had like some type of like throne of like another person, and he, yeah. he's just like messing with someone's blood in his claws, and he's like talking to one of his. Um, subordinates where he's just like yeah he's like I tasted this guy's blood and I know all this like everything about him and fear and the emperor sent me and blah 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 (laughs) and it's just like bro you're like the size of a fucking like tractor trailer (laughs) covered in armor because they talk about like he's He's annoyed he's annoyed yes he's still in armor with giant claws he's annoyed by the sound of his own armor he doesn't like how it hums so he's all just like clanking and scraping while he's perched Still, <laughs> on this thing, I don't remember if it was a, whether a throne or like you know another part of the event where he's just like acting all fucking ghoulish and shit, and you're just like, yeah, I'm doing all this stuff. Like the thought of it is absolutely ridiculous. Where it's like eight foot man is looking at twelve foot man, like, okay, dad. So while you're done with that, are we gonna skin all these people? Okie dokie. So it's like there anything that they could add that's gonna inv- is that stupider than that? You know what I mean? Like I like orcs. Well, no, I, I mean more in the sense of like. Any kind of adjustment to canon you make, it really is just fly by the seat of your pants. And Warhammer can get away with it because of the whole like, oh, just all Imperium propaganda. Yeah, it, it's, it's all propaganda. I, but Star Wars, that's no, that's not the case. And that's like, yeah. that is where I can see a more being more of a slave to the lore is probably more important to the core fans. But then I also think about something like with Astartes, for example, the the animated series, like. That was a fan project by one man that is probably more accurate to everyone's perception of Astartes than like anything else. Yeah, more people know about, or a lot of people I've encountered know who Astartes is, not knowing what Astartes, like what an Astartes is, yep. basically not knowing what Warhammer is. Right, yeah. I told one of my coworkers, like, oh yeah, you seen Astartes? I've been talking about Astartes for 10 minutes. <laughs> you seen that guy Astartes? That's not the... <laughs> yeah, so it's like, in a, in a situation like that, maybe the the... I think canon in most things is really kind of what you're going to choose it to be because it's very easy. I mean, I think about also something like, like Dragon Ball Z, for example, where it's very easy to just push out certain parts of that war because the whole thing's a disaster. But it's the worst Dragon Ball Z animated movie is leagues ahead of Dragon Ball Evolution. It's a prime example of like, so what if we took everything and made it wrong? Mm-hmm. So it's like, or... The early Marvel movies where it's just like, uh, you know, Dr. Doom. Mm-hmm. They did a terrible job. He really likes Dr. Doom a lot. There was, there was a you thing. have nothing to help you here. Prove I did. It. Prove I do. 
Oh, it. There was that mask. <laughs> that I don't Fuck even, you, you just moved it. I don't even know where that went on. So. Oh, awesome. <laughs> Off the knee there. Uh, <laughs> there was a big thing where literally just Dr. Doom's face over there. He really likes Dr. Doom, Vincent Von Doom. Um, yeah, but like on. Victor Von Doom. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Vincent is his son. Yeah. I made that up. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, like with the with something like that, when I think of like Dragon Ball Evolution, the issue there is that they're trying to translate a an episodic series that ran for three hundred and some odd episodes, yeah, into a movie. That's not true. In, in in the United States, Dragon Ball Z was leagues more popular than Dragon Ball, and that's yeah. also kind of the other thing is like you could have just made that a Dragon Ball Z movie. I don't think it would have affected your stats at all. <laughs> I, I, you yeah. would have just brought out the people that actually cared. It's like. Yeah. And the problem there is that they're trying to translate something for modern audiences for an audience that's not meant for. And yeah. and I think that when you talk about something like the, like a Rings of Rings of Power situation or like Game of Thrones for example, I'm sure if you watch that series and you're reading the books right along, like there's going to be so many inconsistencies that oh, this isn't in the books, but it's still perfectly fine. It's still still awesome, it's still good. Yeah. We only get upset when there's a something that we consider to be foundational to canon that gets violated. And I did not watch The Rings of Power, but I watched enough of reviews about it. Um, so I have a very skewed view. On it. Um, <laughs> I like the Lord of the Ring movies. I've, I've watched a bunch of the lore videos and read all of them and stuff. Um, from what I understand, Tolkien had a very specific view and uh, they called it like a, like a traditional British or English setting or whatever. Mm -hmm. And for some people that translate in the white, 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 white. So it's like, yeah. so let's take this and let's just swap out characters. Uh, apparently, I think Galadriel is originally like a male character or something like that. It's like Legolas doesn't look like anything like Legolas. Right. He doesn't look like Orlando Bloom. He actually looks like closer to something like Geralt or whatever. Okay. I don't know if I said that right. Good name's Geralt. 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 Fans. Fans. <laughs> Fans. So Geraldo. Um, yeah. How he looks. <laughs> he looked closer. <laughs> he looked closer to that, apparently. Um and yeah, they just they just changed everything where it's just like, oh, let's just make this character like this and let's race swap him and all this. Because when when you're making that stuff, if you're if your primary thing is Let's not hire someone who knows about the lore and cares about the lore and actually like respects the source material. You know, like it says it right there. It's the source material. Mm -hmm. It's like where it comes from. Yeah. It's like if you fucking if you're taking water and then you're just changing it into something else and still calling it water. It's like I got this oil. You can drink it. No. Well, it comes from the ground like water. You know, it's not the same fucking thing. But like my, my greatest example for this is like. Um, the Marvel Cinematic Universe version of Thanos to me is a far stronger character in terms of like enjoyable and understandable and I, I would say relatable, I guess. I would agree with that too. We both but, agree on that because comic book Thanos is basically like a simp for death. Yeah. And, and like, I'm sure if you have, if you've read every Thanos thing, there's probably a lot of depth to him, especially in the modern stuff. Yeah. But I do think that like they just went a completely different direction with him that was wildly successful. Yeah. Where I think that people that would not have cared at all if they had done the comic book version. Yeah. It roped them in. Yeah. And that's that brought more attention and more eyes on Marvel. Not that they necessarily need it, but there's a reason that why it's so popular and why it's you know it's waning now because they're just lacking some of that strength of of yeah. writing. Yeah, they um, Thanos killed it literally. Like that's <laughs> Yeah, like, like it's you, gonna you, be his legacy. He killed the universe. <laughs> yeah, you blew your load on like such a strong character. Yeah, and I mean, there's been some good stuff since then. Like, like the Spider-Man movie uh, was, I uh, like that's still a five out of five in my opinion. I really like that. Yeah, um, but it's like, especially when you know like the hierarchy of like big bads. Yeah, in like because it's like oh Galactus, if they're like Galactus is coming, like, Galactus is definitely like a big bad, but yep. it's a different kind of big bad because yep. like Galactus whole thing is like oh, I'm gonna destroy the fucking universe, like mm -hmm. that. That's not what he does. It's like I'm gonna eat this planet because I need it. Yep. I need energy. I'm gonna die. And and I do have faith that if this was 2017 or 2018 or 2019 Marvel, they could do a Galactus that would be like okay, this is better than the the source material one 
Because they did it yeah. with Thanos, in my opinion. They could. However, do that, yeah. this is not. That's not. It's not. Yeah, this cool. is this is post. Uh, this is post Black Widow. Post everything. Oh yeah. So I mean, it's like the. Why did they do that? They they had to. There was a there was there was a pocket of time where it's like fans want a Black Widow movie. No, let's do that. Let's do it after she dies. Why? Eh. Yeah, Fuck them. They're yeah. going to pay money. That's just that's the problem. That's just Fuck stringing <laughs> people along. Yeah. And seeing if you can do it and then not knowing what to do with it because the whole theater system just got upended on you. Yeah. And then you're sticking your guns. Or, <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. I forgot about that whole that thing when the world shut down. Yeah. yeah. Kind of. Um, on the note, I'll stop for a quick break. Okay. All right. We're back. And we're back. So I vaguely remember that we were talking about fandom. This is how all our conversations go. They will turn into different things. Yep, it goes, it meanders from just topic to topic over and over and over until it eventually lands on something political, probably. Yeah, yeah something political. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I was arguing, I think that Thanos, MCU Thanos, is a great example of them fucking around with the lore and it ending up with a better result. That if they had been so loyal to the lore and creating that character, it would have fallen really flat, I think, with that audience. Yeah, And I think that the issue is never going to be just changing lore, I don't think. I think it's just going to always be that if it's disingenuous or if it's very obviously trying to pander to a market that it doesn't, that's just not the audience for that thing. No no matter how good of a metal song we write, it'll never probably appeal to someone that's like super into hip hop or super into EDM or super into pop. Like yeah, but that's also not our goal, right? Exactly. So like, if we all of a sudden we're gonna be like, all right, we're gonna be a metal band that writes uh, pop EDM rap music, then we're just gonna be this weird mishmash that doesn't actually like you, you know you know Germany did that like fifteen <laughs> years ago. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's like relating this back to the nature of like our role in the concept of fandom. It's like I feel like sometimes, especially earlier material was very surface level. And it's been my goal personally that like, as we proceed further and further with basically as we, we run out of ideas, we have to scramble for something that has more depth and to try to achieve, uh, aspire to something a little bit higher with what we're doing. Yeah. Well, a lot of our early stuff was just like, these are just me venting about, I'm so mad. Oh yeah. Even after that stuff, I'm, I'm talking, out of stuff to be mad about. <laughs> I'm, I'm talking more about the stuff of like that we've done relating to fandoms. Like I, I think of something like, and I, I feel like we've done oh, like we, slasher, like for example, yeah, like slasher it's, it's here are all the words that are related to this fandom thing. Yeah. That's yeah. That's, and to, to related to serial killers and horror movies and slasher films, but it's not like it, not advancing it, but it's, it's rather it's not doing anything to innovate or push forward on that concept. And I think that, like, if you look at, for example, with all the Doom, the Doom inspired bands, all the Argent metal stuff, it's don't like that name, by the way. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of that name because I feel like it's it. We had a term for this, and it was industrial industrial death metal. I yeah, guess they're not not even death metal, just industrial. <laughs> music really this yeah. is just the, the modern evolution of it and i don't think we needed a term for this because it what it's done is it, it's sort of pigeonholed everybody that wants to be in that genre yeah and it just we're now in a funnel where it's like you, you can literally go see it like just go look at the similar artists it's all like the same yeah like probably 25 total names that are just keep getting recycled around and it's there was something that popped up on my spotify had a great name because it was like Something I think a double barrel attitude adjuster. It's a great <laughs> fucking name, but it was just a like, it, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's when John Cena's had enough. That's his, the heel turn. That's it. He'll turn. That's it. It's super I'm shocking. done. <laughs> um, that's you the will see me because I'm coming. <laughs> I don't want your back because I'm coming from the front. <laughs> um, he's got that quad damage. You know how I, bad I, wrestlers are with quad I, I damage. Say, quad damage. <laughs> Kevin Vince, Nash, all of them. Vince McMahon. <laughs> yep. You can't get too close to them. When you do see him, you will be affected by quad damage. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it was basically just like Doom Guy running through a hallway music. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. Where it's just like it's uh, Doom 2016, basically, when he's like first steps outside and just yep. music starts playing. Right. 
that's that's that. That's immediately what I think of. I'm yeah, thinking technically of, it doesn't start playing. That's what I'm talking about. Doesn't when it's when it does like the he hits the. I'm elevator. a fan. <laughs> <laughs> it goes like dun 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 dun, and it just goes silent. That is true. That'd be very funny. I'm revoking your your fandom card. <laughs> I was gonna make a joke where it's like oh, I've been domed by this fan. God damn, God damn. Um, yeah, it'd be funny if it was just quiet after that. But you know what I'm talking about? It's like running through. Yeah, it's yeah. just like not Dana da Dana da Dana, but it's just like McGordon took a genre and it's like industrial. And then people are like I like that sound. Let's make a genre of a genre of a genre. Yeah, and I, I think that the we're entering kind of a weird thing where it's like people are running out of ideas on with this thing because it's just by its very nature it was meant to be sort of transient and that it's then you become typecasted yeah and i think that for some people like i think of a band like brando sacrifice where they've they're very similar to just not like not 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 we're not comparable bands but rather like both are born out of really strong passion for a franchise or for something berserk yeah, Brand of Sacrifice is big in a berserk, and even now, all of their lyrics pertain to it. But didn't Shadow of Intent start as a Halo thing? I remember you told yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm and, not a big Halo guy. Sorry. Um, I'm and, more of a Doom guy. Uh, uh <laughs> but yeah, so like, you know, like all these bands, like Shadow of Intent and, and Brand of Sacrifice, they start out of passion for the, for this franchise, but. There's more to it than just grabbing the 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 spark notes version of it kind of thing. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. What I was saying was like a brand, a brand of sacrifice has done a great job at grabbing the elements from the Doom 2016 soundtrack and Doom Eternal soundtracks of grabbing that like super hard hitting, grabbing like the little synthy elements and stuff, yeah. combining it with de- like some brutal deathcore stuff. Yeah. And I think that is reaching the mainstream appeal. But I think there's a there's a ceiling. A lot of us have hit. You know, some of that counter is kind of like gent too on top of it. I wouldn't call Brand of Sacrifice gent. No, I mean like some of the sound, some of the doom origin metal sound. Wouldn't some of that be kind of genty? I, I think that that is what I, I could see that comparison because it's really ripping off a of Meshuga. Yeah, I was going to say it, it was going back to Meshuga. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's Meshuga. Oh, is it? Yeah, it's Meshuga. That's what I, <laughs> that's where, that's how I hear it pronounced. <laughs> I don't care. Anyway. You're not a fan of Meshuga. <laughs> um, they run through the end Frankenstein. <laughs> <laughs> Mashuka, Vincent Van Gogh, um, Kalima, all meaning the same thing in German, according <laughs> to that one movie. <laughs> That's so good. Um, but yeah, so like when when we're talking about that whole subgenre, there, it's a lot of the people in it are going to hit a ceiling until they they figure out how to need to disassociate yourself from that thing. And I don't know. I think we've done it in some capacity of we've coupled ourselves to Warhammer for now. We did horror movie stuff for a little bit. Um, and But I don't want to get ever pigeonholed into just one category. Yeah. But it, it's more of a thing of like if you're a band right now and you're and you're still iterating on the the doom inspired stuff. I do think there comes a time where you need to sort of do your own thing. We're like, literally called Ultra Nightmare. Yeah, I mean that's so, yeah. that's the thing is it's going to be kind of part of the DNA for us for for going forward. But I think that with the the way that our albums and our songs have gone, it's it's transformed in a way where it's like something like songs we haven't released yet, like A Lesson in Darkness, for yes. example. That Coming is soon, a, probably. No, that's gonna be. It's probably gonna be later out in this year. Coming like, eventually. Coming later. It's coming. <laughs> Prematurely coming. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so like that is an example of a song that there's not much I'm gonna pull from that doom sound because it's not necessary for that. I'm yeah. we're trying to go for something completely different, something yeah. more orchestral and symphonic. And I think that when you're a band and you're trying to, you know, establish your or you're an artist and you're trying to establish your sound, do not just be derivative and copy that that one artist that you think has the success that you want. Yeah, there's always gonna be like a genre where it's like uh there's one band in that genre that defines that genre. And mm-hmm. then you'll like people kind of get like coupled in to that. Cause I mean, we were called like groove metal. I want death yeah. groove. Metal. Yeah. That's interesting to see yeah. like, the encyclopedia and then like Metallum or whatever. And the go-to groove metal band is Pantera. 
that's their thing. Like they were a groove metal band. Yeah. But then if you were to go by like everything that's groove metal around that time, basically like nineties metal. So yeah. it's like, you could say that like Slipknot is technically groove metal. That's a stretch, but you could make that argument. So it's like, there was no other band that was kind of doing, I mean, you can't say no other band was doing what Pantera was doing. There were different, it's like, I had a brain fart. <laughs> yeah, like I, there's not a bunch of bands. How many groove metal bands can you name off the top of your head? Like name just name five. Yeah, I don't think I effectively could. I mean, I can. Name I, two. I, I've seen Lamb of God labeled as groove metal. Yeah, you could make that argument because um, they're like. Yeah, we like we said. We already said Pantera. You could argue was it was the band Down? Was that the other one? Oh yeah. Yeah, it's like, oh, you know, damage plan. Yeah, there's just other members of Pantera. Um, but yeah, so I mean, like, that's again, that's a genre defining. Uh, you know, it's funny, X Hoarder technically became a group metal band, mm-hmm. and that's very funny. Is it? I did, you told me that before I remember X Hoarder because, um, I made the joke where it's like, what was it? Uh, Five Finger Death Punch is Pantera for pussies. And then Pantera is exported for casuals. And I'm like, now <laughs> everyone's offended. Where it's like basically the opinion that Pantera copied exhorter, because there's like one particular album I remember, I think it was like the first one where it's like they sound pretty goddamn similar, like the mm-hmm. vocals and everything. Um, because you go from like glam glam terra to what they ended up sounding like afterwards. Right. Um they there's some comparisons where you could say they definitely took some influences. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of it was Phil though, like Phil, because Phil was like big and hardcore and big into like punk is hardcore, uh, yeah. uh, but also like that groovy sound. Mm-hmm. Like he he liked that, like he liked the helmet and stuff like that. So there were like rumors of him like ripping people off stuff like that. I don't know if that's necessary. There's parallel thinking, a lot of convenient parallel thinking. Yeah. I still love Pantera, but it's like. You listen to X Hoarder, I mean, people can make that thing. It's the same thing with like Meshuggah. Again, mm-hmm. there's yeah. one band where it's like a lot of people are going to rip them off. Like, what's up? Stradivarius? Yeah, Stradivarius is definitely like. We're they, the only people who know Stradivarius is. That's not true at all. Mm. But maybe. Like, if you have ever enjoyed anything and anything ever, <laughs> they have ripped off Stradivarius in some capacity. Exactly. And it'll be like some 1997 album <laughs> that they didn't even know they made. <laughs> they wrote this melody that. King Arthur on the Knights of Justice ripped off or some shit. <laughs> the most copied band in the world that no one's ever heard of. Because, yeah, like, I didn't know what Stradivarius was. But then I did because I heard their music without <laughs> knowing who they were. Well, yeah, they're massive. It's just people, like, it was the the biggest scandal with it was, like, the Budokai games where... Yes, that was what I, it was. I think it's yeah, it has to be Kenji right. Yamamoto, if I'm not mistaken. That was, like, the uh, composer for those games. And it's, it's like... Game. <laughs> it's, a, it's a wrestling I, I could be, I could be getting, yeah, no. Actually, I could be yeah, getting Kenji it wrong. Yamamoto. Yeah, Kenji Muda. <laughs> uh, um, that's his name Kenji Muda yeah. the great Renji Ibarra yeah um, yeah like he a lot of the music in those games was very obviously copied from some some of the Stradivarius work so good though but it also does that matter because it's like can Stradivarius even get mad about that because all it did was pipeline me into liking Stradivarius and the same thing can be argued of like um the original Doom 1993 soundtrack is all oh yeah yeah just straight a rip off of yeah. of like Pantera Metallica and yeah literally AC the Doom theme is uh, Mouth of War yeah exactly and so those kinds of things is it are you stepping on the feet of those bands or are you introducing that stuff to a new audience and I think that again I think a lot of that has to do with passion project versus cash grab because like original Doom passion project like they were. That's kind of a weird one, though, because I don't know if that's a passion project as much as it is a um, you are a company trying to make money using your your skills. That's quite literally a cash grab. But I mean, it's passionate people passionate about the technology, passionate about. But I mean, they literally took the guy that was passionate about the storyline and fired him. So, I mean, that is true. So they made a really good game. Right. Yeah. So but but I, I would say more of like the. Doom 2 is a very obvious cash grab of we have the tech to make this. It, we can just throw some guys on it yeah, while we work on Quake. To and make a slightly different game. <laughs> and add new gun. Yeah. But, but I mean, like, we live kind of in a weird era of there's a lot of artists that are popping up that are solely identifying themselves with franchises and different different fandoms, I guess. Also, and, there's just 
bands that sound like other bands that say they're like new because it's like it's weird um and just but yeah we're the worst offenders of that with the early stuff from us just being straight up death clock oh yeah and 100 and but again like that was sort of the goal in some way of like i remember my thought process at the time being like okay what band what death metal band has had the most appeal to break through the through the clutter to get to the mainstream, yeah, you could like, say it was death clock. Yeah, but there's a lot of factors there because, like, most people I talked to, because I mean, even early, like you and I knowing each other, is like, I showed you septic flesh and you said it sounded like death clock. Does totally exactly <laughs> the same. I, all I hear is thunder horse, <laughs> <laughs> and that's such a fr- oh my god, you're so stupid. <laughs> Everything he says is thunder and horse. <laughs> Prove me wrong. Change my mind. <laughs> <laughs> Some of those bands you don't want to leave their stuff because it just ruins it. But um, yeah. So it's like with some of these um bands that are coming out that they're identifying themselves with this other sound. Yeah, it's really appealing, especially when you're starting out as a new band of like, oh, I'm really inspired by I don't know, Falling in Reverse, and I'm gonna write all my stuff as if it's a Falling in Reverse song. Yeah, couldn't name a song by them. Yeah, they're gonna. But but my 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 point being though that like. When you're starting out as a band, I think that's kind of the rite of passage now. Of It's so easy to get access to the exact same tools the big bands are using. And that's yeah. why it makes... Maybe that's why some of the Doom-inspired music stuff rubs me the wrong way sometimes. is because it's missing the... It's like when he did... When Mick Gordon did that um, that GDC presentation dissecting like the soundtrack. And he's going through the detailed process of how he came up with the, the Doom instrument. And it's like running signal through pedals. The first thing that kept happening was everyone kept reaching for plugins and software to do it. When the whole point of it was to get out of the software realm and into the hardware realm. And that's just like a missing the forest for the trees thing because you're trying to emulate the sound just blindly instead of actually trying to understand the process that led to the sound. Basically, how can I sound like you? How can I sound like you? How can I sound like you? Right. And that is that's a weird form of success that he has that has just cascaded down these in the entire metal genre where it's like it, it it's a it's a really weird and interesting thing and it's it's cool honestly this is going to be a very specific and niche turn but it is very much like how people will follow how do i get better at jujitsu right. oh let me just copy gordon ryan and what danaher does mm-hmm. so then you have a bunch of people going after and modeling his style. And then you just got a whole bunch of Gordon Danaher clones Yeah. instead of, oh, how do I just become better at, you know, my own way or mm-hmm. whatever. It's like, I'm just going to copy this guy because he's like the best. Yeah. Of course, I mean, if I'm, I can always be the best if I copy the best. Yeah. Instead of doing my own thing. Yeah. And I mean, then, that, that's. We can leave that one. <laughs> well. It always comes back to jujitsu. Uh, it can always come back to that. But, but I mean, I think the bigger point there is that like someone like a Gordon Ryan is leaning into the the advantages and the natural style he's developed through just training and, and natural town or whatever. Yeah. A, lo- a lot of people have a hard time defining their own voice. And I think it really does come down to, you need to understand your own, you need to understand your own influences it, it, it's, and not just like parrot them. You don't want to just write. If you're really into death clock, you don't want to just write thunder horse again. You can do it as like a, as a practice, as a study, but it's the same thing as like, if you're learning to draw, and you want to be an artist for like, I don't know, you want to make your own animations one day. Yeah. If you just keep learning how to draw anime style, you're never learning the underlying anatomy correctly. You're learning the tropes, you're learning the stereotypes of the style you want to emulate, but you're not understanding how they got from the source material, which was like real life inspired kind of stuff into this hyper minimalist style meant for four by three aspect ratio in Japanese television. It's like, we, we've gotten so far from the people who grew up just loving that style and pursuing it wholeheartedly, but missing how that style came about and rose. And it's the same exact thing with any kind of fandom where it's like, okay, the success of Warhammer is going to imply to a lot of aspiring authors and people who want to make tabletop games that you have to create this like... You have to have your own unique flavor with everything. When you, when you make everything cookie cutter and you don't have your own individual influence, I mean... There's a so like you can compare Warhammer to Star Wars in terms of like oh it's science fiction but yeah. it's it's vastly different and I would say that like a lot of the hodgepodge slapped together lore I honestly think a lot of that also kind of fits the narrative of Warhammer 
Because mm-hmm. it's like if uh, if you just had a re- if you had like a small pistol, and to make it better, you just kept adding shit to it to the point where you can shoot a planet. Yeah. But then you know I don't know somehow that gun turned into like a spaceship along the way. Yeah. And then I don't know it became sentient and you know, it just like that's Warhammer. We're yeah. just like add more stuff, add more stuff, add more stuff. But, so that type of stuff doesn't bother me. Where it's, it's literally like the writing process is literally just orcs. It always comes back to orcs. It does. It works in jujitsu. That's, that's works in jujitsu. Two pillars of uh, modern civilization. Watch this. Mick Gordon worked with who? Hans Zimmer. Potentially. Hans Zimmer. Potentially. Potentially. Allegedly. It's allegedly. Allegedly. He worked on The Dark Knight. Mm-hmm. Sequel to Dark Knight. Dark Knight Rises. 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 <laughs> Rises. Rises. <laughs> Orcs. Sweeping. <laughs> Some of you were involved. When Dark Knight Rises, who was the villain in that? Tom Hardy. Blue belt in jujitsu. Boom. It's all connected. All connected. And I slew out <laughs> so many people here. <laughs> Boom. And I slapped never it hear music again. all together. Like how orcs make everything. Boom. Orcs. Jujitsu. Tom Hardy. Hans Zimmer. Allegedly. But yeah, so. Um, I'm a sentient stream of consciousness. <laughs> but I mean, like, even in Warhammer lore, deep in there somewhere, there's like that character. It's like, it's like Obi Wan Sherlock uh, something. Have you heard about that? There's literally a character named like Obi Wan Sherlock. Oh, in Warhammer. In Warhammer, okay. which is like, come on, I I know that's I'm- so distinct names too. <laughs> Obi Wan. That's already a fuck. Come on, that's already a gibberish n- name. You take the gibberish name. I don't know. It's like the the Judge Dreadnoughts. It's like that, it's like because he what was it. What are they called? The the Arbutus. Yeah, Adeptus Arbutus. 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 Um, yeah, they're just a bunch of dreads, <laughs> old dreads, which is very funny to me. Yeah, that's why I, with, uh, I know you don't watch text to speech, but I do. And uh, there's a thing where Rolodorn like approaches like the the law council, mm-hmm. and because he's like ten thousand years old, and they're just humans, they're like old as fuck and he comes yeah. in hello there youngsters you're banned from making more laws and it's just like if you were to see he looks like he's you know several years or not several years he looks younger than them because yeah. he's like always had like gray hair and stuff yeah it's just like yeah but he's like just ten thousand years old <laughs> i love that i love the fact that warhammer at least with like the imperium of man is just the worst case of daddy issues because everyone wants the love of like Biggie, Big Daddy E, and Horace. He was he was jealous when like, wait a minute, you there's more Primarchs? Yeah, you already knew that Horace. Yeah. So you're gonna go find him? Yeah. What's this one? Uh, he's he's his name is Lehman. What's his deal? He likes wolves. Because like he he hated. I Lehman. have the sons of wolves. I have wolves. Because <laughs> wolves. Yeah. Because what was the thing? He's like, are those like he, he just brought he brought wolves with him. And they're his brother, or they're his siblings. He's like, what are those? Those are wolves. Those like, don't look like my wolves. It's like when you show up to a party wearing the same clothes. Oh. Yeah. Oh. But, but yeah, but just like, it's like you you have the high quality shit. You have a, uh, you have the, and this is a very, again, very niche joke. You have like the thrown together, this is my Boba Fett hoodie. And then this one, I've got the Mark Echo licensed <laughs> Boba Fett hoodie. Yeah. But I dropped $85 for this hoodie they don't make anymore. But I mean, that, that gets back to the main point, though, of like that when it comes to fandom and and the preserving of canon and, and all that kind of stuff, it's the fans that will keep it alive. And I don't think that if you make a change to something like you add a, a, a plot element that ruffles the feathers of a lot of people, the core fans aren't just going to up and abandon it like the franchise. They're just going to pick and choose what they like out of it. Yeah. Well, they're, I mean, they'll invent their that. own yeah. canon. And that's. Kind of, I think, what happens. Yeah, we could talk about, um, we both love the Punisher. Mm-hmm. And I remember I made the joke before. I can say this term. It's like the Punisher was like Marvel's whipping boy for a long time. Because it's just like, you got, you have a regular human, or you can't call him a regular human. Yeah. He's just like a peak human, where just, or he's just a guy with guns. He's not just a guy with guns. That's like saying that about Rambo. Yep. It's just, no, he's basically the most super a soldier you can get without superpowers and he's able to hold his own against yeah. he was hijacked yeah but that is a topic for another podcast well but god damn it we can hit we can hit on the main the main theme there though of like 
we there yeah, there's certain things where it's just like oh he's a he's a Frankenstein monster I'm like yeah no he's not yeah but I don't believe that or I don't I that's a thing but I don't accept it yeah and I think the power lies in the fans of those things to determine what is actually canon what is just something that was very obviously a cash grab yeah. of you want to talk about a weird example here I went down a rabbit hole today of someone posted a Ed and Eddie clip of Double D losing his hat. And they're just carefully like concealing it and censoring like what is actually under his hat. Oh, and then yeah, someone yeah. said, we already know what's under his hat and posted a, a picture from an old Flash game on the Cartoon Network site where Double D throws his hat up in the air and you can just see what's under it. And he's just balding. Isn't, isn't it just like, it's, it's just, just patchy, like, patchy balding hair. I thought it was like... I thought it was just like three hairs or whatever. That's that's what he has coming out of it. But, okay, uh, yeah. but like that the image just shows like he's like balding back there and it's just like he's got scraggly hair. Oh. But the it's Double D plays that fucking doodad instrument the same way you play <laughs> guitar and it's amazing. All the fucking like uh yeah, slide the thing where he just like he plays it like it's it's almost insulting because <laughs> there's a video I recorded of him playing where it's just like oh just I showed him eruption by Van Halen and he's like Play this. Okay. Or it's like someone's like, one of my coworkers, like, oh, no one can actually play like Dragon Force. I'm like, oh, okay, watch this. <laughs> play as fast as you can for no reason. I'm just saying. It, no. I always make that comparison. I've not been often compared to Double D as. Yeah. <laughs> not the first time I've been compared to Double I've D. I've seen him run. It's always like. <laughs> <laughs> I run the. I, I run like Ed, where I'm doing everything forward. Oh, wait, but, no, um, that was. No, that's. That's uh-huh. Eddie. Eddie runs like this, yeah. and then yeah, Eddie, yeah, yeah side Ed, Ed runs like he's fucking dodging bolts in the Matrix. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, yeah, I think it all comes down to that. I think the power for this kind of stuff lies with the fans, not with the the franchise can output whatever garbage they want. The fans really get to choose on that kind of stuff, and I think that as fans of franchises, you can take a discerning eye. Not you personally, just anyone that listens to anything or, yeah. and and take intakes any kind of media. You have a discerning eye for what is legitimately passionate versus what is an obvious just trying to i want to i want to show i like this thing so i'll capture new fans yeah but i feel like not not every franchise can like survive for sure that type of shit because it's like there's gonna be there's very loyal fans of just all the stuff we talked about where it's like you it's weird with comics because it's like my favorite version of the hulk is different from like hundred other versions of the Hulk because there's yeah. been like hundreds of other writers. Yeah. So it's like I can be like, oh yes, I like this version, but it's like, you know, like we're talking about like what the MCU version of that, it kind of sucks where it's like because it's it's shown to such like a large mass of how a lot of people and a lot of people are gonna say like, oh yeah, that's just how the Hulk is. And yeah. it's like, no, I can't like nerd out about it where it's like, yeah. oh I love the Hulk. Oh blah blah blah. And then they'll just start talking about like She Hulk and all that shit. Yeah. It's like it's the same thing with, like Galactus Cloud. There's gonna be some people where they just think Galactus is a fucking cloud. Yeah. I think that's that'll be the topic be like, of the next podcast because we can dive in deep on that. Uh, yeah. Thanks for listening and thanks for watching. I didn't know this was over. <laughs> Neither did I. <laughs> See you later.